0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And literally one day after we told you to watch the Lady Texters softball tournament. Soccer. Yeah, you're right. The soccer tournament, they were eliminated and yeah, they will not be playing through the weekend. So all eggs in the one football basket for some happiness. Not a good basket to place your happiness into
1: yeah
0: yeah i mean that that's what we're going to talk about today is the tech bulldogs matching up against middle tennessee the blue raiders at home in Ruston. last time they played it was i believe in murphysboro evan you were at that game weren't you
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, with a uh, smile on my face because i know the misery uh, that's coming um yeah, that was that was Catherine's first experience watching a tech game. Um, Thanks for zero and five. Yeah, she has has still not seen us win even after we were up twenty seven to seven in that game. Had the ball, I believe, first and goal with like forty five seconds left and uh, down four points, and you know did did not score. So uh, fourth and ten sailed over the head of the receiver, I believe. So uh,
2: seems to be a trope.
1: Yeah, um, that wasn't fun. I was mad. <laughs> I was, I was uh, also
2: very mad.
0: I was probably less mad, but still pretty mad. Yeah. Th- that being said, though, that's only one of two losses Tech has ever had against the Blue Raiders. The Bulldogs are four and two all time against Middle Tennessee in a series that dates back all the way to literally 1984. This game, though, however, on Saturday will be played at 2 p.m. Central Time on ESPN Plus. Hey, that channel.
1: Yeah, I, I'm uh, still. I'm still not sure if I'm going to go or not. And it's mainly because I have a lot of house renovation stuff going on. Don't,
2: and I don't know if don't I can dude, just stay home. If I, go. Home. But,
1: um, <laughs> it's if I do, know, it'll be part. a day trip, so I'll be in the car for literally eight hours to watch Tech lose. um no, that's MTSU. Don't, don't. Um, yeah, I mean that you make a compelling argument, Matt. Um, <laughs> stay home, man. <laughs> Work on your house.
2: Be with your wife.
1: Um. <laughs> um. Yeah, Not but, it, dude. I mean, yeah, it's. It's, it's tough, man. We're two and six, right? It's it's tough to motivate yourself to drive. but uh, Two and a know. half
2: point underdogs, too.
1: My parents are going. I haven't seen them since the wedding, so I don't know. I, I, may, I may go over just to spend the afternoon with them mainly, but uh, I don't know. We'll see.
0: Yeah, this Middle Tennessee State team that you may be seeing, or I guess even if you're not seeing in person, you'll see them on the television. They are number 98 out of 131 teams in SP Plus right now, four and four on the year. But just snapped a three-game losing streak with a win last week over UTEP, a team that we also know how to beat. So there's that. Uh the concerning thing though, going to this game is that losing streak by Middle Tennessee started right after they beat number 25 Miami, 45 to 31, in a game that didn't even feel like it was that close. Miami just does not play well against teams that will be in next year's iteration of Conference USA. <laughs>
2: yeah or what the, uh, what the what the we're four and two against them right yeah when was the last time we played them
1: 2016
0: it's been that long
1: that's so long my god that was such a long time ago yep Jamar never got to play mtsu that's that's kind of wild
2: and now they come to town
0: they don't have jmart quarterback either but the guy that they do have chase cunningham has looked pretty good so far this year leading the team to Number 30% completion percentage, 6.7 yards per pass, which isn't world beating, but they do pass the ball a lot. Hasn't really thrown very many interceptions and has been pretty good at avoiding sacks too. So, I mean, this is not a world beating offense, but it doesn't really take a world beating offense to beat the tech defense right now.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like from some of the, like some of the numbers of like where he's throwing the football, like most of it is short passing um, and they're. Pretty efficient. I mean, he's completing what 67% of his throws. So, you know, pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, their passing offense is better than their run. It's kind of rare that we get to say this, but tech's run offense is actually better than MTSU's on the season by six yards. So, you know, two two sort of bottom feeders here in terms of their rushing uh efficiency.
0: Yeah. Outside of uh FCS games, Middle Tennessee is averaging two point eight yards per rush.
1: What is tech averaging?
0: Tech is averaging 2.7.
1: Oh, well, okay. So we're about the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, they do they do pass the ball a little bit more than um than we do just in terms of percentage. Um, I'm looking at that advanced stat guy, uh, Statsowar on Twitter. Uh, he has something called run rate over expected. And MTSU is minus 9.5%. So that means like normal running situations, they're 10% less likely to run. That's like the twelfth best i guess if you like passing uh tech meanwhile is five negative five percent so we pass more than we're expected to pass as well um but mtsu is like double that rate so anyway to explain those advanced stats mtsu likes to pass the ball and part of that's because their run game's not not great
0: yeah so i mean really what this tells me about this offense the passing game is all right the running game is garbage uh but again with just with the Tech defense and where it stands right now I don't see this being an offense that's so bad that they won't be able to be productive against the Bulldogs.
1: Oh no. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think they'll <laughs> I think they'll be very productive. Um it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if we came out and let them double their season average on the ground, right? Uh last week we had a great run defense against FIU, but you know, we've seen the Tech defense find different ways to lose, so um, uh, basically nothing will surprise me at this point. But I mean, looking at this offense, what I see that kind of stands out to me is that they like to spread the ball around to receivers. They've got uh, they've got three receivers with over 33 receptions. Um, Jalen Lane leads the way with 43. He's got almost 700 yards of uh, through the air and three touchdowns. But it's really the the touchdown numbers that are spread out really nicely. They've got seven players with a receiving touchdown so far this year and the highest on the team is Jalen Lane and DJ England Chisholm who both have three receiving touchdowns each so they're not like they don't have one single target that's kind of you know leading the way like we do with Trey Harris who has seven touchdowns um, which is by far the most on the team
0: I mean that being said that about the receiving core while just his name is great to say DJ England Chisholm has three touchdowns. He only has six receptions Right. Uh, six catches for 190 yards. Yeah, that's your deep downfield threat for again DJ England Chisholm. What a great name.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the running backs, you know, not not a whole lot to to celebrate, but Frank Peasant is gonna be the the head guy. He's got over forty or over thirty carries more than the next closest guy. Oh shit, the next closest guy is the quarterback. So yeah. um Wow. He has 67 carries for 89 yards. He's been sacked 19 times for 123. Let me do some quick math on that. So according to this, if this is correct, he's run the ball 48 times for 212 yards. Um Jeez. take out the sack yards. So that's 4.4 yards per carry. So, you know, again, not lighting the world on fire. His long is 18 yards, but you do have to keep in mind, especially in the red zone, he's got three touchdowns on the season. So uh, you know. They run the read option in the red zone. You have to you have to account for both guys.
0: Yeah, but really it's the defense that I'm the, the most scared of for this Blue Raider team. I'm kind of going yeah. to be going over what I I talked about in the Blue Tech Blue Post this week for the stat attack. But what's kind of surprising about this team is they give up quite a few points per game, 33 in FBS competition, giving up 438 yards per game. That's 30th worst in the country. But They're able to stand tall in some surprising places. The red zone defense is top 10 in the country. Uh, Turnovers, they take away two, they force two turnovers per game. That's 10th in the country. They get sacks, they force interceptions, both of those in the top 25 in the country. This is a team that will give up yards, will give up points sometimes, but they will make their presence known. I think it was said earlier this week that Parker McNeil will be the starting quarterback this week for Tech. I think that's what Gumby said in the press conference Um, or on one of the radio shows if we yeah i
1: I think what he said is that parker mcneil is the starter as long as he's healthy uh so i i don't know i think that means he'll be the starter but I, i guess we don't know for sure at this point yeah
0: so assuming he does start though what i am afraid of is that another team that looked like this they gave up a bunch of yards points but they were able to get sacks and interceptions and had a pretty good red zone defense too was south alabama the team we threw four picks against. Um mm. and maybe McNeil has been able to figure things out the past few weeks, or maybe his stats were a little inflated by some lesser competition when it came to when it came to those areas. But will we see Middle Tennessee wrecking havoc like South Alabama did a few weeks ago?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I hope that the team we've seen the last few weeks, even in the losses, has figured out how to not turn the ball over obviously i hope i hope that continues because if it doesn't oh man we're in trouble (laughs) yeah yeah like i mean you're not going to win many games turning it over five times like we did against south alabama but yeah this mtsu team feels pretty uh, opportunistic so you definitely cannot afford to you know turn the ball over and expect our defense to to stay in the game right that that cannot be how this game goes down
0: all right, but yeah, so let's, let's talk about some specifics, though. We've said some names on offense, and maybe we'll have some on defense, too, but Evan, uh, actually, let's start with Matt. Matt, ah, it's been a while. Sure. What's a player to watch on this team?
2: Well, I don't know a whole lot about this team. <laughs> <laughs> End of sentence? <laughs> no. Nothing's really jumping off the page at me. I'm seeing a lot of uh, hodgepodge stuff. Evan said they like to throw the ball around a lot. They've got five receivers in triple digits. Uh, the top three look like they're probably going to be the, uh, I mean, yeah, the top three guys have the most receptions by far compared to the rest of the team. So, uh, Lane, Ga- Gathings, Gatings, and Ali. So, I'm not going to give it to one particular player. I'd say that that receiving trio uh, needs to be well defended uh, if Tech wants to have any shot. I mean, obviously, a lot more goes into that. A lot more goes into the Tech right. winning this game than covering those guys, but uh, that, that's, I'll tell you right yeah, now, that's, that's going to
1: be one of my keys to victory for the the Blue Tech Blue Post is like, can we cover more than one receiver please? Because right. last week yeah, we absolutely dead. could not.
2: And these guys look like they are a lot better than FIU. Um, FIU, by the way is a 21-point underdog UNT this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, Elaine, Gavings, and Ali, that trio of receivers cover those guys well, might be able to come out of this okay. We I'm not really all that impressed by Cunningham or their rushing attack, but the only thing really jumping off the page at me are these receivers. Who, while those numbers aren't really that impressive either, uh, the the uh, the daunting task of having to cover more than one. I don't. I, I I don't. I don't like our chances.
0: Yeah, Evan, do you have a guy? Uh,
1: yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um, a guy on defense here, Nathan. I believe you mentioned that they are top 25 in sacks um, so far this season. Yeah. And I think a, a big part of that is their defensive end, Jordan Ferguson. Um, he has not only four sacks for 42 yards, uh, loss. So over 10 yards per sack there, that's pretty good. Uh, he's, he's got 40 total tackles and five passes defensed, uh, to go along with, uh, two forced fumbles. So he's just, he's just contributing all over the field. Um, you know, that makes me think that like these little, these little short passes that we like to throw these sort of like you know screen passes like little routes to the flat like this guy seems to sniff that out and and take care of it you know you don't often see a defensive end with five passes defensed that's the second most on the team you know behind their three main like dbs so he has he has more passes defensed three more than one of their starting cornerbacks does so uh, that's something you don't often see, so I'm definitely on the lookout for that kid, and and hope that he doesn't, uh, you know, cause problems for for our offensive line, which has been playing well lately.
0: Yeah, the interesting thing about that too is there are two other players on this Middle Tennessee defense that have more sacks than Jordan Ferguson, Marley Cook, and Zalen Wood, each with four point five sacks each. That totals nine sacks between the two of them, and that's one more sack than Tech as a team does. So, yeah, yeah but that's not who I'm picking. Either of those guys for the player to watch. I'm going to pick the kicker. I feel like I should do that once a year. Uh, Zeke Rankin has yet to miss a field goal this year. I mean, has yet to try one longer than 35, but is also perfect on extra points. We've had a couple games now where we've had either a field goal or an extra point or something get blocked. And not that that really relates to what Middle Tennessee is able to do, but it's maybe this is just coming from a place of jealousy. I wish we had a. A kicker or a blocking scheme for a kicker that allowed them to be perfect so far this year.
1: Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) And I think we've had one of have we had a punt blocked? I don't know if we've had a punt blocked. I don't think so. Well, now it's gonna happen. Yeah, now it's gonna happen since I said that. But um...
2: five blocked punts. (laughs)
1: Five.
0: My favorite of the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah, let's go over (laughs) to the other people's predictions and computer polls and things like that. Massey gives tech a 46% Forty-six percent chance to win with a final score predicted of thirty-four to thirty-one. Middle Tennessee winning. ESPN fbi gives Tech a forty-six percent chance, and Vegas favors the Blue Raiders by two and a half with an over/under of sixty-three. So that's roughly thirty-three to thirty. Middle Tennessee.
1: Thirty-three to thirty. Interesting. Um, pretty close for all those. Then, um, I've also got the guy I mentioned earlier, Stats of War uh, Parker he says uh middle tennessee has a 60% chance to win and predicts a 36 to 32 uh win uh that's projected points based on those advanced stats um and yeah i think i mean i'll, I'll go ahead and jump into my prediction here i guess i i don't know <laughs> that's my prediction um you know our our defense is so bad that it's just hard to predict us winning a game against a team that's like competent on defense like we we haven't played a team that's got numbers like this and that they're not like top in every category or anything um but the threat of like stopping our offense is a lot bigger this week than it was last week or than it was against rice and you know our offenses look pretty good these past few weeks to be honest so i think we're going to put up points I just think that that threat of like, okay, maybe we throw two interceptions this week because MTSU is is more opportunistic like that. Or maybe we give up six sacks this week when we only gave up two last week against FIU. You know, that alone is enough to make me think like it's less likely we win this game. And we didn't win last week either when we when we did well on offense. So I just think, um, you know, there's just not enough there protect defensively i think to to slow down this like moderately okay offense of mtsu and so i think it'll be uh pretty high scoring i'll say like 41 to 35 uh mtsu wins not in overtime though not in overtime
0: matt do you think this game goes to overtime no what do you think it goes to fourth quarter the, the fourth quarter yeah <laughs> that's, that's fair that's a dumb question yeah how do you think this game goes though
2: uh, Tech's going to lose. I'm not going to pick him to win for the rest of the season. That includes against Charlotte. So uh, I've got Tech losing every single game for the rest of the year. And uh, this particular one, oh, how are we going to lose spectacularly by little? I don't know. uh I'm going to go uh, 23-20. Tech loses because that perfect field goal kicker hits a uh, hits a game winner with less than two minutes left.
0: So for my prediction, to remind, Massey has both teams scoring 30 something points. Vegas has both teams scoring 30-something points. 30 starts with a three. We're going to triple overtime this week. And we're going to lose again. Well,
2: that um, doesn't seem very fun.
0: <laughs> if it weren't on ESPN Plus, you could you could say something about the ratings being good by people turning in late. But yeah, I I don't see tech winning this game, but I do see them making it close. The defense, while not good at all overall has had spurts where they force some three and outs they play well enough for a little bit and then they just get rolled back over um i think this is the game that tech builds out a steady lead and then it all comes crashing down at the end goes to overtime and then yeah we get to see the dueling two-point conversions for the first time this year oh Uh, yes yeah that that's that's the excitement right so yeah that's that's how i see this game going i don't even know what the score would be at that point but i i think both teams score more than 30 points for sure So, yeah, not a lot of optimism here uh, for this Bulldog team.
1: (laughs) We're learning. (laughs) We're learning.
2: (laughs) Why why should there be?
0: Yes, I mean, we just did those predictions without really stating much about who the quarterback will be. I'm not sure if we think it really matters in terms of winning or losing this game, but we still have the ticking clock of the red shirt. Letty can play in one more game this year. At least I'm of the opinion that, sure, play in one more game, but definitely don't burn his red shirt. I know I basically said the opposite last week. (laughs) <laughs> but at, at this point of the season, you have to be perfect to go to a bowl game. And I just don't see this team doing that.
2: No, they, it's over. I mean, they're not going to go for another to close out the season. It's over.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the argument in favor of playing Liddy is not that the season's over or not over. It's that game reps are irreplaceable. You can't you can't simulate it in practice. You can't like in spring ball. You can't like really emulate what it's like to be playing against a team that's, that's trying to beat you. So I think the argument yeah. is that you want as many game reps as you can possibly get him to make sure that he is the absolute dude going into next season, you know, because he's got six games under his belt where he actually played meaningful minutes. And, you know, so I guess seven, if you count, um, if you count the the SFA game, um, that being said, I think Parker McNeil being healthy, which if he is, you know, he's been good, right? It's not like we replaced him because he was bad. We played Liddy last week because Parker McNeil was hurt. And I don't know if you guys agree with this. Obviously, the FIU game, we have no idea, but the Rice game uh, two weeks ago, I mean, with Parker McNeil in the game, I don't think there's any way that game is close. You can't ever say for sure, but. The offense moved right down the field twice with McNeil in the game, and then he got hurt in the third series or yeah, in the third series. And uh, I mean, I think Parker McNeil has has more than proven he can be a starter for us. So that's my thought is like, you know, don't burn Liddy's red shirt just to burn it. But like if McNeil gets hurt again, like you're obvious, I, I there's no way in hell you're putting in the fourth string quarterback to preserve that. Uh, red shirt. That's just not going to happen. That that kid, I'm sure he's nice and everything, but he hasn't gotten reps in practice. Uh, He wasn't even getting like scout team reps until this past week when Parker McNeil and Matthew Downing were hurt. So at that point, you may be playing like the Southern Miss, uh, you know, uh, Frank Gore Jr. quarterback situation before you do that. So I think the situation makes it to where Parker McNeil is going to start and Liddy won't necessarily have to burn the red shirt, but I can definitely hear the argument for just getting him those game reps.
0: I, I I kind of agree with that for the most part. I think that it makes sense if there's an injury again or something like that. But I really hope we only see him one more time this year uh, because I think that Parker McNeil was a good enough quarterback, especially leading up to his injury, that it kind of would suck to bench him because he gets hurt too, even if, if he's able to play. And he won the job previously.
2: Uh, never going to support the notion that Liddy should burn his red shirt. I think it's worthless. Uh, but Parker should start. And I think he'll play very well. It's his senior year. The season's over. Unless, of course, they win this game and the next. And false note builds and then sadness ultimately culminates. But I'm glad Parker's starting. I feel better about him starting than I do Landry because I saw a lot of very true freshman he throws. Uh, no one went out there thinking he was going to be Trevor Lawrence. So uh, to be clear, Clemson Trevor Lawrence, not Jacksonville Jaguar Trevor Lawrence. <laughs>
0: um, important distinction,
2: I- indeed. So I I do think Liddy will start one more game, maybe uh, because why not? Parker's leaving, and maybe we'll see him. And maybe Liddy won't start a game, to get into one more game. I don't know. But I'm glad Parker's starting. That's the right move, and I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play well. I, it, I sure hope so. I hope I'm wrong about my score prediction and that he goes out there and plays very well and uh, the defense somehow remembers that they're playing the game of football and not not, uh, croquet and uh, we can uh, somehow pull out a win. But I don't think they're... And I'm not saying you guys were saying... No one's saying there's a quarterback controversy, but uh, there shouldn't be any calls for Lady to start over Parker, so...
0: We'll have to see what happens this week. And again, we're just fans talking into the void. None of us are able to make these decisions. So at some point, we're just going to have to sit back and watch to see what Sonny Comby does.
2: GTPDD is now the council of all tech-related football decision-making.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I agree that Liddy didn't look like a better quarterback overall, but I guess we'll see what happens.
0: There's also a part of me that's tired of this debate. (laughs) Yeah. I, I realized that... Yeah. <laughs> in a in a bad football year, there's only so many things to talk about. But I'm really tired of talking about who the next quarterback will be and and whether or not we should burn a red shirt. And maybe it's just because we do this podcast twice a week now. Yeah. But
2: but a few more games, the season's over, and there's not going to be a controversy. I guarantee you Landry Liddy will be the starting quarterback next year, the year after that, and potentially the year after that. And the year after that. And if y'all get your way, the year after that. <laughs> yeah. And the next day. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day.
0: So while football only has a few more games to go, and we only have a few more talking points to go through, basketball actually opens up next Monday, the Monday after this comes out, with a home game against Mississippi College. I think what we're going to do is we'll preview that whole season next week. Um, We still have to figure out exactly how we're going to do that. We may just choose to ignore the Middle Tennessee game and just do a a basketball preview instead, um, depending on how poorly this game goes. But yeah, this first game against Mississippi College shouldn't really be that much of an issue, but it should tell us about some things to look forward to for the future for this Bulldog basketball program. Um, So yeah, football may not be over yet, and it still may be torturous, but Basketball minus Lofton Jr. is still here.
2: Basketball yep. is my favorite sport.
0: Do you like it, the way they dribble up and down the court? Yes, yes. No further questions. they playing
2: basketball. Wow, anyway. what an incredible impression. Thank
0: you.
1: I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> Enough niceties. Evan, what's this week's Tweet of the Week?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, this week's Tweet of the Week is going uh, for the first time to our beloved Mac correspondent, Jake Altman at shake and Jake.
2: shake man.
1: Uh, This man (laughs) made me laugh in the immediate aftermath of our loss to FIU. So the tweet is a picture. Well, the tweet says, well, 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 and then tags us. And it's a picture of Fred from Scooby-Doo unmasking a uh, (laughs) a villain who's labeled as Louisiana tech. And says, let's see who you really are. Takes the mask off. zips.
2: (laughs) Of course. So oh, I, think, Jake. I think
1: Jake is as happy as we are sad that uh, that that we're bad this year, um, just so that I can commiserate with him about being a fan of a, a bad football team. So,
2: well, at least I didn't ever in my life support Akron or Everton. The well, kid supports way too much that ends with O N.
0: That's a
1: turn off for you.
2: I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus I hate you so fucking yeah, I did, much. I did
1: ask I did ask Jake you know what I'm what I'm supposed to do as a fan of a bad football team and he said just stop caring and I was like, well it's well, not that's watching. a good idea I'm like well that's not really an option because I have to record this podcast what would also, the world do without
0: this podcast yeah, legally mandated
2: of note FIU this is their 19th year playing football uh, and they have had five winning seasons in nineteen years.
0: What's one more? You're welcome, FIU. Yeah. I well, assume the donations poor. to LTAC will be in soon. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech, Please Untie podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at g o t c h p l s d n t d i e. It's hard to say all that with a straight face. I'm hearing Matt laugh in the background. Really, just a really well-timed reference. As always, you can also go to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where you can play the contest Do the fantasy football challenge or buy this month's Shirt of the Month. It's a bulldog, it says tech, what else is there to really want on a shirt? You should get this one. And granted you have all of November to get it because it's the Shirt of the Month, but just go ahead and do it now. You'll forget. The holidays are coming up. You have so much on your mind, just buy it now and you may even forget about it coming in the mail and then you'll open your mailbox and see a cool looking shirt. And really isn't that what we can really hope for in these trying times of poor tech football?
1: And you just you just weaved a whole narrative there around buying a damn shirt. Yeah, reward
0: my effort with buying a shirt. GTPDD.DOG/shop.
2: Nathaniel Hemingway over (laughs) here.
0: And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And Go Tech, please don't die.
2: Learned that the uh, owner of the Bears, George Hallis, who's been dead for almost forty years, was a uh, a brief player for the New York Yankees.
0: Oh, hey, okay. I got.
2: He only he only appeared in a couple of games in the year nineteen nineteen. He had two hits and batted zero nine one. My God, this dude did everything. He was in the fucking Navy in World War II. He played in the majors for the Yankees. He played for the Bears. Then he was an executive. Then he bought the team. Jesus. Fucking God, wish he could coach my team. Damn it.
0: I'm not sure if we can afford him.
2: Well, he's dead.